0: Was in this condition, and he would have been
1: destroyed. He would have been destroyed by his enemies, but he prevailed. And the reason he prevailed is in verse twenty-four. And again, verse the the previous verse talking about the archers that were shooting at him. So now we get to Joseph's archery, where it speaks about his bow in verse twenty-four, when it says, "But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands." of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. So here we read that Joseph, he's an archer too. He's an archer also. And his bow is continuing in strength. Now, this is a beautiful picture that Jacob is painting here in verse 24. It's a picture that Jacob has painted here, not of a tree, but now it's a picture of a little boy. And it's a little boy that's holding a bow. And this little fellow, that is holding this bow. He's just too weak to shoot an arrow. I mean, the little guy can hold the bow up and the little guy can, can, can put his finger on the string, but his arms aren't too, they're not strong enough to pull back on the string. And so the little guy is frustrated and he's discouraged because his arms aren't strong enough to, to be able to pull the, 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 the string back so he can shoot the arrow. Now I want you just to kind of get the full picture of this. It's just to, in your mind, just to imagine, just to think about little Clark. Okay, we all know little Clark, you know, Clark Cable. Clark Cable is funny, you know. Anyway, Clark Cable, you know, because, and just picture this little guy, little Clark, he's got this bow, he's got this arrow, and he really wants to do it. Maybe he's seen Scott shoot the bow and arrow. <laughs> he goes, I want to do it, you know. So, But he's just too too weak to pull back on the string and shoot the arrow. And now picture little Clark and he, you know he's, he he wants to shoot it and he looks up at his dad, you know, who who in Israel when when Clint was over there recently, there was a couple of Israelis standing there laughing at him. And so he said, "What are you laughing at?" And they said, "Because you look like Hercules," they said. <laughs> so <laughs> So anyway, so so just picture little Clark, he's looking at his dad's big arms, you know and 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 he's thinking that only if he had arms like his dad then he could pull back on this bow and he and he really wants to shoot this arrow and so is so is so Clint his dad he tells Clark it's okay Clark it's okay just do your best do your best pick up the bow hold the string and aim it as best you can but you know Clark is frustrated because he knows he can't pull back on the string but Clint tells him to to, to go ahead and stand there like he's gonna shoot the arrow and aim like he's gonna shoot the arrow and stand there as if his, his, his arms were strong enough to pull back on the string. So little Clark does that, picks up the, the, the bow and the arrow there and, and stands and he's got his feet all in the right position. And everything he stands, he wants to shoot that arrow, even though he knows his arms aren't, aren't strong enough to pull back. And then Clint comes up behind Clark. And he reaches over him with his hands and, and he, he puts his hands on Clark's arms. That's what Clint does. He puts his hands on Clark's arms. And now, instantly, uh, the, the arms of Clark's hands have been made strong by the mighty arms of Clint, see? And so now, you know, Clark can feel as Clint is pulling back, you know, the arms. That his arm, is Clark's arm. He can feel the the the, the string coming back. Is ready to shoot this arrow, and then Clark, and then Clint says to Clark, "Okay, Clark, pull back on the string." And as Clint feels uh, Clark's arms, kind of try, then Clint pulls back on Clark's arms, and 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 makes Clark able to pull back on the string. Now notice in verse 24 how it does not say that Joseph's hands were made strong by the mighty God of Jacob. It doesn't say that. What it says in verse 24 is it says the arms of his hands, the arms of Joseph's hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. See, only Joseph's arms were made strong, not his hands, not his hands. Just as the arms of Joseph's hands were made strong by the mighty God of Jacob. And that's the way it was. We have this picture with Clark. Clint does not have his hands on Clark's hands. He, Clint has his hands on Clark's arms. And little Clark, he has to hold the string with his hand. He has to aim with his hands and he has to let go of the string at the right time to make the shot. Okay. Now, that's exactly what Little Clark does with his new strengthened arms. With, with the, Clark is now able to pull back on the string and, 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 and because of Clint's help, and he takes this careful aim and he shoots, you know, and then he, and then he says, and it, 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 with a little excitement, we can picture Little Clark saying, I hit it, I hit the target, I hit it. Just like I was doing yesterday, but I don't want to tell you about that. But with my pellet gun, and I shot many times and I missed a lot, but I did hit, but I did, anyway doesn't matter. So so then for a moment, you know, he says that I hit it, I hit the, I had this excitement. I hit it, I hit it, the the target. And then for a moment, little Clark, he looks confused and he doesn't know what to say. And then he smiles and he says, I I, I mean, we hit it. You know, (laughs) we hit the target because, you know, I couldn't hit the target without you, dad, right? Now, that's a picture of you and I. That's a picture of you and I. See, when Clark picks up that bow and that arrow, he knew it was impossible for him to shoot and hit the arrow. But when you and I look at great tasks that we want to do for God, we say with little Clark, that's impossible. That's impossible. And that's when we hear the Lord Jesus say to us the words of Mark 10, 27. Mark 10, 27, in which he says, in which it says, Jesus looking upon them said, with men, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. And that's what Clark would say, that with himself, it was impossible for him to shoot with the arrow, but with dad, it was possible. And that's what we find in our life when God strengthens the arms of our hands. Not our hands, but he strengthens the arms of our hands, and we heard Jehovah Jesus say these words that we, in John 15, 5, John 15, 5, without me, you can do nothing, He could do nothing. Now, Joseph experienced this. And as Joseph experienced his arms being made strong by the mighty God of Jacob, then he could say, Joseph could turn and say, you know what, in Philippians 4.13, he could say Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. See, after he experiences this strengthening of his arms there, we can imagine how Joseph would pray for others in Ephesians 3.16, he would pray the prayer of Ephesians 6, 3.16 for his brothers. He would say, you know what I'm praying for for you? I'm praying Ephesians 3.16, that he, God, would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And he could tell his brothers, he could turn to his brothers after, with his life of experience of that, and he could say to his brothers, Ephesians 6.10, Ephesians 6.10, he could say, finally my brethren they were his brethren finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might see he could he could say colossians 111 colossians 111 that i've been strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness so this is what this is who god is this is what god does it's it, god has described in Isaiah 40, verse 29, Isaiah 40, verse 29, as the one who, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And then, and then, and and, and God is the one after all, God is the one who says in the next chapter, Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10, God says to Israel, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. No, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. And so this is what Paul was was, was so impressed about in his life when he said in 2 Corinthians 12.9, 2 Corinthians 12.9, when he said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities and my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so looking back over a life like that, like living that kind of life, Paul said, Paul said, kind of a summary verse of his life, was in 2 Corinthians 3, 4, 2 Corinthians 3, 4, when Paul says, and such trust have we through Christ to God word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, is of God. And that was the whole Idea with, 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 with little Clark saying, you did, you know, you know, with little Clark saying, you know, I did it. And maybe Clint would say, you did it. But then Clark, you know, Clark would say, no, we did it. So what is this all about? This is all about this verse 24 where it says his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. That's the picture of what happened with Joseph. Joseph's enemies were many and they sorely grieved him and they hated him. Joseph was too weak. To stand against his enemies, like little Clark, but Joseph was able to stand. He was able to rise, which he did when he became prime minister over his enemies because Joseph's arms, the arms of his hands were made strong by the mighty hands of the God of Jacob. Okay. Now it's interesting with this when it talks about the arms and not the hands is that just as it was that, you know, that in, in their, in their example here, we see Clint was not the one who picked up the bow himself. He didn't shoot it for Clark. Little Clark had to pick up the bow, had to hold it, had to aim it and do his best. And so Joseph had to do his best to stand up against all those persecutions and seek to rise above it. And, that was, and it was only after God saw Joseph standing and trying that God moved in and made his arms strong. That's the secret of our strength in the adversities of life. We take a stand for God, then God strengthens us. Now, it's interesting how how Jacob now refers to God who strengthens Joseph. Jacob did not call God just God. Jacob did not call God the mighty God, just the mighty God. Because if you notice there, the word I. God is in italics, which means that, which means that Jacob didn't even say the name God. Jacob just called God the mighty of Jacob, the mighty of Jacob, not the might of Jacob, but the mighty, like the mighty one of Jacob. Now, we're used to a certain word for mighty in Hebrew. What is that word? What's the word we're all used to for in Hebrew word? We should, okay. Shaddai right? El Shaddai, the mighty God. Shaddai, okay. So so that's Shaddai. This is not the word Shaddai here. This is a very, very unusual word here. It's not the word Shaddai. It's used only six times. It's, it's the word Abir. Abir. Now you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, what Abir means and its root means, it means soaring, soaring like an eagle soars in the sky. So what Jacob said was that his arms, that Joseph's arms were made strong by the one who soared for Jacob, the soaring one for Jacob. That's the word abir. It means to soar. And, and you kind of get an idea of what is meant by that when you, when you think about the words of majestic sweetness sits enthroned. So you think about the words of this hymn where it says, he saw me plunged in deep distress and flew to my relief. For me, he bore the shameful cross and carried all my grief. See, this is in line with with the name that Jacob has given to God as the soaring one. Now, in the valley, in front of my house, sometimes in the early morning hours, you can see several hawks just gliding along, riding the thermals, sometimes three, sometimes four Making screeching noises. That's what hawks do. And, and, and making these big circles, you know, in the sky as they're looking down for that, that, that special rodent that's going to be breakfast for them or the small rabbit. And when they, and so they just look like they're just kind of like, you know, like Oklahoma says, making lazy circles in the sky, you know, but all of a sudden when they see that rodent or that rabbit, they just tuck their wings in and they soar downward to grab them. Now, and they, you know, of course, don't think about what they do to the rodent or rabbit after that, because that's not the point. But this is what this hymn says that God is doing. He's soaring to help us, see? See, God saw us plunged in deep distress. What was that distress? That was the distress of our sins. That was the distress of us being plunged into the slavery to sin. That was the distress of us being plunged into degradation, into defilement from sin. That was the distress of being plunged down the road of an eternity in hell, hopelessly suffering, separated from the God of hope. Now God saw us plunged into that deep distress and, and and it doesn't say, well, God just sauntered over to help us, or he didn't stroll over to help us. He he flew to our relief. He he soared to our relief. And what God did when he soared to our relief is that he bore the shameful cross and he carried all of our griefs. That's what God did in the person of the Lord Jesus when he flew to our relief. He soared to our relief. This is kind of the word. This is the meaning. This is the the idea behind this word, a beer, that Jacob has used here to describe the God who strengthened the arms of the hands of Joseph. He was the soaring one. And so Jacob saw God as the God, the soaring of Jacob. He calls God, he doesn't say the word God. He says the soaring of Jacob, the soaring one of Jacob. Because that's how Jacob knew God. He, he knew him as the one who soared to Jacob's relief. God soared to Jacob's relief when Esau was on the verge of murdering Jacob, murdering his brother Jacob, just like Cain murdered his brother Abel, and God soared to save Jacob from Esau. And then God soared to to, to save Jacob. When he was exposed, when he was vulnerable, all alone in the desert, he's on his way over to Laban's house and God protects him during that time. And then God soared to protect Jacob when Laban had decided to kill Jacob when he left and, and took everything and so forth. And, and, and then God warned Laban in a dream, don't touch him. And then God soared to, to, to Jacob's relief after his sons had killed all those Shechemites there and Jacob was afraid that the Canaanites were gonna come and take revenge on his family, but God soared to, to to make the Canaanites afraid of Jacob. And then when Jacob's brother Esau had heard that Jacob is within range, then Jacob's brother Esau was coming with 400 men to kill him, and God soared to help Jacob by changing the heart of Esau. And on and on and on, many, many times. And Jacob had seen God as the soaring one And that's why he calls him that. He soars to his relief. Now, Jacob refers to God as the soaring one who had strengthened the arms of the hands of Joseph. But but Jacob goes on to call then God the shepherd, not just the soaring one, but now the shepherd. Now, this is different. You know, the soaring one's all quick action and shepherd's gentle. This is the first time in the Bible that God is called the shepherd. God is called the shepherd. I mean, um, and it was appropriate because Jacob, that was his life occupation. He was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd, and that was what he did for that was what he did. And so he had experience in caring for the sheep. Jacob had experience. He spent many a night out there with the sheep, protecting them. And this is what he told Laban about his experience as a shepherd. In Genesis thirty-one thirty-eight, Genesis thirty-one thirty-eight, where Jacob said, "These twenty years have I been with thee; thy ewes and thy she goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand dost thou require it? Whether stolen by day or stolen by night? Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me." And the frost by night, and my sheep, my sleep, my sleep departed not from mine eyes. so there he is, he's describing it so Jacob is saying that he cared for the sheep with with young when they were the sheep or the goats when they were with young, and he was gentle with them so they didn't miscarry and then Jacob protected the sheep from the beasts that would tear and slaughter them, and he'd been with the sheep and the blistering sun, and man, can it get hot in Israel, especially now? In July and August, because I was over there in August and the whole country was empty. And then I was told that I came at the wrong time. You remember that? That's terrible. But anyway, to be outside without air conditioning is unthinkable. But he said, I in the day, I was in the day the drought consumed me, consumed me. And then Jacob had been with the sheep in the freezing winter, which he called, I was in the frost by night. So Jacob's got all this experience of the hard times that a shepherd has. And he also has experienced experience that a shepherd doesn't sleep much because the job of caring for the sheep is 24 seven. And Jacob called that aspect of shepherd work, my sleep departed from my eyes. And so thinking back on this never ending care and protection, he is a shepherd. As a shepherd, he was caring for the sheep in this way. And so when Jacob was thinking about that, then Jacob came to the conclusion, oh, God's a shepherd. God's a shepherd. He does all that. He's constantly in care for me and and protects Jacob. And then Jacob feels sorry because God doesn't get any sleep because he causes a lot of trouble.
0: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Or email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at eight hundred two four seven three zero five one. 247 3051
2: Reach Israel. Join Tom Cancer for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration only $99 includes a 2-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cancer, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com deeper in god's word with the friendship with god king james version study bible prepared by tom Cantor. this genuine lambskin large print study bible features the history of israel full color timeline and maps frequently asked questions about the jewish messiah prophecy and fulfillment study hebrew root notations and definitions the life study of joseph and so much more Order your copy today for only $49.95. That's $49.95. And receive a free personal signed copy by Mr. Tom Cantor, along with your name engraved on the cover. To order your Friendship with God Study Bible, call 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Or visit us at creationbookstore.com. That's creationbookstore.com.